Welcome to the Running for Wellness podcast number seven. I am Eric, and I will be your host for our seventh podcast titled The Runner's Life. We have explored many of the benefits related to running and a bunch of technical information regarding training, nutrition, shoes, and technology. A lot of this information can seem overwhelming to sort out and recall. There have been times I have focused so much on schedules, goals, and doing everything just perfect that the most crucial part of running was ignored. My experience has taught me that foremost, running should be fun and not a chore. At times when running ceased to be fun, it was because I was taking it too seriously or overtraining. Taking a break and focusing on other aspects of life helped me to remember what I enjoyed about running. Like the old saying, absence makes the heart grow fonder. And when I grew fond of running again, I approached it with a revised point of view. However, like breaking in a new pair of shoes, beginning to run can be somewhat uncomfortable. It takes patience, determination, and faith to break in a new habit, even one that's supposed to be good for you. When you complete this running program, I hope you will continue to run and set goals and see where it takes you. Honestly, the first time I set out for a run in my late 20s, I never imagined it would turn into decades of running. For the rest of this segment, I want to share my story and give you a peek into the life of an unlikely runner. By the time I graduated from college, I was 27 years old and weighed an unhealthy 260 pounds. My life was centered around work, school, homework, and a little family time. Essentially, time to exercise and plan outside the fast food trap was not a priority. During this time, I was depressed, chronically tired, and worst of all, was the persistent vertigo and nausea. There was something wrong, and I visited my doctor so he could fix me. Patiently and courageously, my doctor explained that my weight and diet were the culprits, and when I would change them, my symptoms would improve. After spending some time on the internet, I read that running was one of the quickest ways to burn a lot of calories and lose weight. I was committed, and I headed out in a pair of basketball shorts and a worn-out pair of shoes, determined to run a lap around the neighborhood. Somehow, I completed the run and went to bed. The next morning, I woke up in pain. Not only did my legs feel like jello and lead at the same time, but they also hurt. I ended up walking for a few days until my legs recovered. Even though I was doing everything wrong, I stuck with it, and eventually running became easier. My workout consisted of running around my neighborhood, which was a three-mile loop, and I ran that five times a week. Over the next six months, I lost 40 pounds and fell in love with running. I would encourage anyone that wants to be getting running after several years of inactivity to get in touch with their doctor. Any running program, including this one, is not a substitute for professional medical advice. Your doctor will work with you to determine how to ease into physical activity and recognize the potential risks and benefits. I wish this was the approach I took when starting out. However, now I meet with my doctor regularly for a checkup and seek his advice regarding my training. While running over the years, I've made some discoveries that have helped make the miles a bit more enjoyable. Feel free to modify them to suit your own preferences. I love music. And the time spent running is my time to enjoy a musical escape. Somehow, music seems to mask the nagging that wants me to quit and try another day. 
I was curious to find multiple research studies that validate music as a therapy to reduce pain in athletes and also patients who suffer chronic pain and anxiety. Listening to the music you enjoy has been shown to have a significant impact on attitude, motivation, and physical performance. I have a couple of power tunes that I play when approaching the finish line for an extra kick. However, listening to the same songs, genres, and artists can place you in a rut. Change up things periodically to keep things fresh. Discovering an incredible new album can feel as revitalizing as a new pair of running shoes. Once in a while, I'll put aside the tunes to listen to a podcast or an audiobook. I can think of multiple times that the length of a run increased while waiting for a plot to unfold while listening to an audiobook. Also, track your runs. 20 years ago, my runs were written down in a booklet that came every year with the renewal of my subscription to Runner's World magazine. I have no idea where those booklets ended up, but being able to record an entry felt really good. Over time, those entries added up, and so did the feelings of accomplishment. I mentioned way back in podcast number two that today my runs are recorded using the Nike Plus Run Club app, available for smartphones. Since 2007, it has been tracking my mileage, speed, races, routes, and a bunch of other crazy statistics and milestones that are a blast to review. It also boasts a huge running community and the opportunity to compete with runners across the globe. Having this information tracked automatically makes it easy for me to be accountable for personal goals. With a tap of a button, the app will let me know if my monthly mileage goal was exceeded or if a few more miles are needed. There are times, though, that these devices can turn into cruel taskmasters, and taking a break from them is helpful. Remember that technology is just a tool, and you are the one that is really in charge. Also, have a challenge to conquer. Having a challenge can be a powerful motivator to help you achieve amazing things. Years ago, as a new runner, I worked with a mentor who ran a lot. She had completed the Boston Marathon and a list of others. One day I came to work excited after finishing a 5K race and shared my experience. My mentor heaped on tons of praise and encouragement to keep on racing. In her wisdom, she said, Wow, you've just completed a 5K. I bet with just a little more training, you could do a 10K. I agreed, and the 10K now seemed possible. After heaping on praise for completing the 10K several months later, she pulled the same trick again. Wow, you've just completed a 10K. I bet you could complete a half marathon with a little bit more training. Once again, a few months later, the advice had proven to be true. On a bright Saturday morning, I completed a half marathon, 13.1 miles. I should have kept my mouth shut because then she dropped the big challenge. The marathon, 26.2 miles. It seemed like the distance to the moon and back. After some thought, I realized that each growing challenge that I achieved opened the door for another challenge. Even though a marathon was never in the plans because it was impossible, it was now within reach. After six months of additional training, I found myself at the starting line of the Kiowa Island Marathon in South Carolina. The first 18 miles went well. I felt strong and confident, and it was a perfect day. And then I hit the wall and I felt drained with six miles left to go. A fellow runner and a Marine from Georgia and I began talking, and finally, the miles started to fade away. Eventually, the finish line was in sight, 
and a burst of energy and emotion ran through my body. As I crossed that finish line, my wife and my two-year-old son were waiting for me. As I hugged my wife, tears started to stream down my face, and the emotions began to flow. Completing that marathon was great, but the feelings that came from reflecting back on the journey, all the miles, all the support, all the encouragement for my wife and family. I didn't run that marathon alone. A lot of loved ones were with me every step of the way. Okay, what about running gear? We covered a lot regarding running gear in the fourth podcast, but let's explore it a little further. Over the years, it's funny to think about how fast race t-shirts can accumulate. It can feel incredibly rewarding to wear a t-shirt from a running event and display it proudly. Whether participating in a charity 5K or a marathon, it can be reminiscent of wearing a concert t-shirt from your favorite rock band. Many events use shirts made from technical fabrics. This makes them an excellent choice to wear while doing training runs. One word about technical fabrics. After they are worn for a while, they can retain the smell of sweat and other body odors, even after being washed. Honestly, they can really stink. There are, however, a couple of tricks I have learned about taming the fragrances, and I want to pass them on. First, Wash your clothing as soon as possible after a workout. Avoid letting them sit in a plastic bag or in a hamper overnight. Second, there are several detergents available specifically designed to clean technical fabrics. They can be found alongside the big brand detergents, and they're typically called sports wash. They can be pricey, but they do work wonders at removing stubborn odors. I don't use sports wash detergent every load of laundry, just when needed. In a pinch, adding baking soda to a load of laundry or pre-soaking in a mixture of vinegar and water has been proven to remove stubborn odors. Joining a running club. Five years later, after completing my first marathon, I had fallen back into a running rut. Burned out, running without a purpose, putting back on weight, with no end in sight. A friend of mine invited me to attend a running group that met twice a week not far from my home. I participated a week later and met a large group of runners of all abilities and ages. Running with the Bingham Butt Kickers out of South Jordan, Utah, jump-started my running, and the relationships still continue to this day. My running significantly improved, speed increased, and the pounds began to melt away. Running groups are a great way to meet new people, find new routes, and add elements of competition and motivation. When committing to run with others, you're more likely to train, even when not feeling like it. And chances are, when you get there, you'll have a great time and log some quality training. Many running groups travel together and participate in local races. It's always fun to carpool with a bunch of sweaty runners. If there are no groups near you, there's no reason why you can't create your own. Many groups start from neighbors, co-workers, or even a few friends. Even running with one other person from time to time can give you new excuses to get out there. By contacting any running store, many of them can provide you with a list of local running groups. You'll find that runners are welcoming and some of the nicest people around. Change up how long and where you run. If you always run for an hour, change it instead of running six miles or however long that takes. If you always run the same route, Run instead for a certain amount of time, and when your timer goes off, 
turn around and run back. By changing your routine, your motivation will adjust to meet a variety of challenges. By trying different things, you'll be less focused on the end result and begin to enjoy the journey itself. Without time becoming a taskmaster, you can concentrate on the other details like your form or your breathing. Changing your routine gives you the freedom to try new things. One of my favorite routine busters is to drive to a nearby neighborhood or a trail for a change of scenery. I have discovered that there are many excellent books about running. I loved reading Born to Run by Christopher McDougall. It's a book about a tribe of runners and a band of misfits. For the inner nerd, there is an in-depth exploration of the mechanics behind what makes the human body so great at running long distances. The second recommendation is Unbroken by Laura Hillenbrand. It tells the story of Louis Zamperini, one of the most promising runners of his time. It is worth the read because of its historical value and the example of redemption and the human spirit. There are tons of others worth exploring, such as Shoe Dog by Phil Knight, that details the birth of Nike and what goes into making a running shoe. The reason I bring up these books is that when we learn about something, our understanding and interest increase, and running is no different. I have found that books and films where running is the predominant theme that I'm inspired and I gain new reasons for going out for a run. Work a workout into your run. Often, it's impossible to fit cross-training, strength training, and running into a busy schedule. I learned from observing other runners who combine strength training and running together into one session. Try one of these mixed workouts and see what you think. Workout 1. After running the first mile, do a set of 25 push-ups. After the second mile, do a set of 25 crunches. After the third mile, complete a set of 15 lunges on each leg. If running more miles, just repeat the exercises over again. Workout number two. Plan on running to the gym to participate in an exercise class or plan a workout routine of your own. Afterward, run home. Workout number three, using a jump rope. Using that jump rope, complete 100 repetitions using both feet. Then, complete 50 repetitions while using the left foot. And then, switch to the right. There is also a benefit in always having a race in your sights. Nothing provides motivation to keep running like shelling out money to participate in a competition. Remember my story about completing my first marathon? After finishing, I never wanted to run another marathon, ever. My feet and my quads were extremely sore, and it hurt to move for a few days. The only problem was, I had already paid money to run the inaugural Ogden Marathon. I didn't want to throw away good money. I didn't want to throw away good money. And thankfully, the marathon in Ogden went much better, and then I was hooked. When planning on a race, it doesn't have to be a big race. There are plenty of 5Ks, 10Ks, obstacle courses, and relay races to place within your sights. The point is to commit, start training, and begin to let the motivation flow. One co-worker of mine chooses a destination race as a reward for reaching his fitness goals. Each year, he travels to Hawaii to run along the beach. Don't forget, there are plenty of great locations in Utah to run. Try running Logan in the fall, St. George in the winter, or anywhere along the Wasatch Front all year round. There are reasons people from all over the world travel here. It is simply beautiful. 
a day in the life of a runner. The flexibility of running presents an incredible array of options. The simplicity of packing a pair of shoes, shorts, and shirt into a gym bag means you can be out and running at any time or any place. Try squeezing a run into a vacation, lunch break, or the early morning. It's possible with a little planning. While considering a variety of locations, consider planning a race out of town. It's a great way to see a city without traffic. Performing a variety of workouts can make running challenging and build abilities. Running on a track can test a runner's speed or provide a battleground for willing friends. A variety of workouts offer to test for endurance, speed, and competition. Locations with vast expanses of sand, grass, and snow provide a surface that will build strength and agility. Charging up and down hills offers a workout that will build strength and stamina, along with increasing your respiratory capacity. Also, running intervals between the distance of telephone poles is also a great workout. During the next podcast, we will wrap up this series by exploring how to prepare for your big day otherwise known as what to expect on race day. I'll go over some strategies for preparation so you can focus on the race and let your nerves rest. We'll also cover what to expect while running a race and then finish up with a brief philosophical discussion on your next steps. See you next time. Also, please answer the following question in the workbook located in the seventh chapter. Take some time to reflect and write a brief and concise answer. The question is this, which of the mentioned suggestions would you like to try to expand into your running routine? That's all for this seventh podcast. Be sure to come back for the eighth and final podcast in our Running for Wellness series titled Preparing for Race Day.